Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to the Open Book. Your one-stop shop for the latest news in pro wrestling, video gaming, and entertainment. With your host, the sensational sequel, Sean. What? I guess that's his name, Ashley. Three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off! What is up, people? You have just tuned in to The Open Book with myself, the sensational sequel, and my co-host who I'll bring on in a second. I do have one quick thing I do want to make mention of. Next week, I will be making an announcement for the fate and future of The Open Book I would make that announcement. So if you want to find out what's going on, if you want to see what's possibly going to happen with the open book, uh, are we going to be here the week after? Something going on? Tune in next week. I will definitely have an answer for that question. So tonight, today, tonight, however you want to call, whatever, we're gonna we got we got a big show plan so let me bring on my co-host so we can go ahead and get this started you know him by the name of ashley what's up dude i'm doing good after e3 last week we're kind of relaxing for a change a bit for change yeah i'm, I'm exhausted so let's um let's definitely jump into this i'm going to go ahead and 
I'm going to make a mention of Slammiversary. Sorry about that. I've, we're not going to cover Slammiversary due to the fact that we're on a bit of a time crunch today. But I do want to go out and say Slammiversary was one of the best TNA pay-per-views I've seen in a very long time. Along one of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a very long time. So if you get a chance, go check it out. It's definitely worth the watch. You'll love it. Believe me. Great old-school matches. Great old-school drama. And Sting getting put in. Sting getting nominated for the TNA Hall of Fame. Very amazing show. But for tonight, we're going to talk about No Way Out, which is this Sunday. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to this pay-per-view. So, uh, you ready to go, Ashley? Yeah. Should we get down with the pre-show first? Uh, let's cover the pre-show. Pre-show match is Brodus Clay versus David Otonga in a singles match. It's all you. This seems to have arisen from the fact that it's the whole Lauren Knightis hate thing. Because on SmackDown, Brodus Clay finished his match with Heath Slater and Otunga came down and did a cheap attack on him. And that's how we get the match, which means that Brodus Clay is probably going to win. I hope so, because... No, David Otunga is definitely advancing so much in his skills that he's doing a great job. Brodus Clay needs to be pushed a little bit hard, harder and needs to definitely be shown, hey, you're doing a good job. We want to push you into this match. What I do see, if possible, is that Brodus Clay will probably be thrown into a feud with Big Show at some point in the near future. So we'll definitely have to... Uh, see what happens there. So let's jump into a match that was announced uh, this past week, I think. Uh, Santino Morella versus Ricardo Rodriguez in a match that I have not seen in years. A tuxedo match. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's refreshing to see this again on the card, but... I'm disappointed because seeing some of the stuff that he's done in SCW, Ricardo is a good wrestler. We know Santino is. He's got enough skill and talent to be up there probably challenging for the belt. But instead, we put them in the comedy match. I can see Santino winning, but I'm not entirely pleased with this. But I guess you've got to have something to... Lighten the, I was going to say lighten the low, but lighten the mood, the pay-per-view, aside from all the serious big matches. Definitely. I uh, Let me definitely say what a tuxedo match is. A tuxedo match is similar to a bra and panties match, where the match is contested between two male competitors and tuxedos. In order to win, a wrestler needs to strip their opponent's tuxedo off of their opponent. So it's... Essentially, a broad panties match, with, but with male competitors in tuxedos. I I don't see them giving Ricardo Rodriguez any chance at showing his real skills in this match. Uh, like Ashley said, it's going to be more so a comedy match, and I don't really know what to think of that because I want to see Ricardo show off his skills, but I know they're not going to allow him to. So we'll have to see what happens with that match. The next match I'm kind of interested in seeing after their first match, it's Layla versus Beth Phoenix for the Divas Championship. Layla is coming in as a champion, 
while Beth is chasing the title. What you think? Um, I'm just waiting for Karma to return, quite honestly. The way I think this could go... Uh, I'll say Beth, just because I think that you can start a storyline with Karma being like a Ryback and going through the rest of a Divas roster for about a month and then become the number one contender building up to SummerSlam. So I say Beth will win. See, I think they're going to keep the title on Layla just for now. I don't see Karma coming back anytime in the very near future. Uh, Karma will most likely be back probably in the next two months, possibly before SummerSlam. And, I mean, we've got that in August, so it's two months down the road. So I definitely see Karma coming back then, possibly have Beth win the title then in some kind of stipulation match. Karma comes out, beats down Beth, and then that starts their entire feud. Uh, basically, even Layla somewhat in the back. But this is... Hopefully, this doesn't this doesn't go as bad as the first match did because there was some pretty massive botches. But I'm really hoping to at least see a good match between two very good competitors in the women's division of WWE. Uh, next match is Christian versus Cody Rhodes in a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. Christian's coming in as a champion, while Cody Rhodes is chasing for the title. Actually, this is going to be the sleeper match. I think this is probably going to be match of a night because the last match that they had was, although it was only seven minutes long, was a pretty good match between them. And I can see, especially with the fact that excluding the pre-show, there's only six matches on the card. This match can be given about 10, 15 minutes in order to build into something. So I think we'll see... Christian retain because I think Cody is going to be doing something else next month at Money in the Bank. The clues in the name. Yeah, I definitely see Cody having something to do next month because it's either going to come down to him, him or Dolph Ziggler, depending on what happens later on in the pay-per-view. But back to this match with Christian coming back. And if you didn't know what Christian was at anniversary, Christian basically came out and said he did not want to be there. Um, so it's definitely one of those things where you got to think that Vince is going to look upon that and be like, you know, he's a WWE boy, so he's going to he's going to hold on to that title for a little bit, possibly get a run later on down the road, possibly next year at the WWE or World Championship again. I mean, it would be good to see him with a bigger belt with some more gold around that waist, possibly tag team titles if we have any more problems with uh, R-Truth and Kofi Kingston, who are no longer in a match at No Way Out due to their injury. But definitely see Christian holding on to this title. Cody chase, chase again for a little bit longer, but definitely see him pulling into Money in the Bank later on. Next match is the match I am looking forward to the most. CM Punk versus Kane versus Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. CM Punk is walking in as champion, and Kane and Daniel Bryan both are chasing. Now, the only question I have is what will AJ be thinking during this match? Ashley? I thought you were going to say, are they chasing the title or AJ? 
Because, seriously, it's like she has them all under her control. She said it on Raw. Daniel Bryan is her first love. Bryan, uh, Punk is her current love. And Kane, well, looks like she's turned Kane from a big monster to a big softie again. And I think this is somehow going to get involved into the storyline. Putting my booking hat on, Brian wins thanks to AJ getting involved. Then AJ goes to Brian and says, look, I got the title back for you. Will you take me back? And Brian goes, are you kidding? And then, to quote the phrase, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And then you can build to the CM Punk Daniel Bryan rematch up to SummerSlam, which will be awesome. I'm looking forward to whatever WWE is thinking between them because they know that Kane is not really caring as what's going in here. But they know that Bryan and Punk can put on a great match. They already did it once. This is them probably. This is them showing off a little bit more. But Kane in there to kind of, I get the feeling somewhat be a ring general in the ring. So I, I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen to this. AJ. I mean, the poster says it all for me. It's basically AJ tying Daniel Bryan to the train tracks while a train is is coming up. I, I see that as somewhat of a clue. Anytime they've ever put anybody on the poster, it means something. And I can see AJ basically either screwing Daniel Bryan out of the title, letting Punk keep it, or screwing Punk out of the title, giving it to Kane or Daniel Bryan. She's going to screw somebody over to get that title. And I'm not sure which one. I'm hoping Punk. I mean, so we'll have to see what, what goes down Sunday. Uh, next match is one that was kind of changed at the last minute. It's Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler for the World Heavyweight Championship. Sheamus is the champion. Now let me explain a little bit before I throw it over to Ashley as to how Dolph Ziggler got involved. Basically, Alberto Del Rio is still injured. Del Rio is still a little bit injured from his groin tear, I believe it was. And because of that... They decided to pull him out after putting him in a match with Kali, basically saying he has a concussion. Ziggler faced off against Christian, Jack Swagger, and the great Kali in a fatal four-way elimination match on Raw. And Ziggler defeated all three men to become the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship. Since, hence, he is in this title match. So Sheamus is coming in as a champion. Dolph Ziggler is facing Ashley. Well, the thing accurately with... Apparently, Del Rio did have concussion. It was some spot that went wrong at the one of the weekend house shows. It wasn't actually SmackDown like the TV made out it was, but it certainly meant that he couldn't be able to participate. I'm pleased that Ziggler is in as the alternate, but I can't really see Ziggler through this actually getting the title from it, so... Sheamus will win, and then you'll have the Sheamus-Del Rio match at Money in the Bank, as 
given Sean just mentioned about posters and who's on them, Del Rio is on the Money in the Bank poster, so expect to see him. That's what I say, the rematch that never happened between Sheamus and Del Rio. Yes, uh, it's going to be a great match. Sorry about that. was checking out the poster for No Way Out, or trying to, as I can't seem to find the poster. So, anyway, back to this. Uh, Sheamus versus Dolph Ziggler is going to be a great match. I mean, we had, in my opinion, we had a great match between Sheamus and Tensai on Raw. It was a great match. It showed off how stiff both men can work. I mean, Sheamus walked away from the ring with blood dripping from the bridge of his nose. I mean, they both went at it. It was basically a shoe fight almost in some sense. Great match. I definitely am looking forward to what both men, Dolph Ziggler and Sheamus, are going to bring to the ring. I don't see, as Ashley made the comment, I don't see Dolph Ziggler pulling the win out. But if they separate the briefcases like they have done in the past, have two briefcases, a SmackDown and a Raw, I could see Dolph Ziggler winning the Raw one and Cody Rhodes winning the SmackDown one if Wade Barrett does not come back like has been rumored. So we'll have to see what actually occurs in this match. The next match is going to be the main event most likely. It's going to be John Cena versus The Big Show in a steel cage match. And there's a couple stipulations involved in this match. First is... If Big Show loses, John Laurinaitis will be fired. I believe the second stipulation is, though, if Cena loses, he is fired. Uh Some big stipulations to this match. So, what do you think? This is where I am troubled. Because, one, Laurinaitis is no longer vice president of talent relations. We know that because on the corporate site it says Triple H's. So why they keep doing that line, I don't know. But the thing is, it's supposed to be that he's fired. And I don't know whether they'll actually fire Laurinaitis. With Cena, I think it's time for him to actually have some time off. Especially with the stuff that's been going on with his divorce and the fact that he's been injured and had some pretty bad injuries that he hasn't been able to heal through properly because of the whole Wrestlemania Rock thing. So he couldn't really have time away because it would hurt him. So what I think will happen is Cena will be quote-unquote fired, probably, but he'll be back sometime before the end of the year. I don't know what show, whether it be Raw 1000 or another Raw Smackdown or a pay-per-view, but I just think Cena deserves some time off. So for that reason, I'm going to say Big Show gets the win. Now see, I'm looking at this match in a completely different light. I see this as basically WWE is going to probably push... John Laurinaitis out to let him try to get back in. Um, I see basically Teddy Long doing the same thing to John Laurinaitis, Eve, and David Otunga that they are doing to him. But 
we didn't discuss this because I should I should have brought this up. On Monday Night Raw, the end segment had Vince McMahon about to fire John Laurinaitis. Then, before that happens, Vince was about to say the words. Big Show comes out, basically says that he's got this huge deal. It can't be fired. If he gets fired, they'll have to pay him so much money. All of this stuff. And Big Show is kind of like, what are you going to do? you going to fire me? Come on, fire me. John Cena comes out, jumps in the ring, says some trash. They then start going at it. John Laurinaitis then goes in to try to pull Cena off of Big Show. Vince McMahon grabs uh, John Laurinaitis. Big Show goes for a punch, hits McMahon instead of Cena. And McMahon's laid out in the middle of the ring. I mean, are we going to have some kind of amnesia angle here? Are we going to have some kind of, uh, you hit me, so guess what? Either way, even though you won, you're both fired. I mean, I can only wonder what they're going to pull with this. Because, I mean, Vince doesn't want Cena gone, but he probably does due to the fact that he is a little bit injured, he's a little bit tired, he's getting divorced, all these multiple things. I mean, I can only wonder. I, I do see Cena pulling up the window because I can see them giving the, the position to Teddy. The board of directors comes out, says, you know, we don't, we don't agree with this, stuff like this. I, that's what I'm kind of seeing this as. Mm. So, any any matches you think might get added to the card all of a sudden? Well, there's a well, Ryback will certainly be in a probable match. Of course, it's always which Ryback. he'll win. But we've also got the other big thing, which kind of relates to the whole McMahon stuff. Triple H is going to appear and make a statement about the whole Lesnar situation. So it looks like you're going to have the start of the build to the apparent Lesnar versus Triple H match at SummerSlam. Hmm. Interesting. I'm kind of wondering how that will go. So, there's a quick news story I want to jump on. I, I just I just received this in my Twitter. Uh, I mean, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at DTA2US on Twitter. I believe Ashley's got a Twitter also. What's your Twitter name? Ash is my name, UK. Really, you couldn't have chose anything more convoluted. I wanted something that was similar to everything else that people can contact me by. My email is that. My Facebook username is that, technically, if I didn't want to have my actual name. All that kind of stuff, so might as well stick with it. <laughs> I got you, I got you. I... I did change mine up. I, I do apologize. Mine is actually at Sensation Sean underscore Sean, since somebody's taken Sensational Sean. Yeah, we won't even discuss that. Uh, quick story that was brought to my attention is there's a guest star that was announced for WWE Raw this coming this coming up week on the 18th. It is none other than former WWE guest star in the past WrestleManias, Cindy Lauper. I can only wonder what is going to happen with this. 
because Dota, she did bring WWE into the mainstream by basically helping them get their name out there. WrestleMania, Raw, all of that. She helped them. So, I mean, what do you think is going to happen with Raw, with her there? It's hard to tell. She's obviously there part of the whole Raw thing because she arguably started the quote rock and roll revolution with the the water settle the score I think it was which was on MTV in 84 the year before Mania 1 with the Hogan versus Flair fight she was all over that so I can see something going down certainly with her I'm just more intrigued about who Heath Slater's going to job to after Vader Hopefully, Heath Slater's not jobbing anybody. Heath Slater's not even on the show. Uh, if you didn't see Raw this past week, Vader was a special guest. Great to see Vader. I, I definitely welcome him back with open arms. Glad to see him back, no matter what. So, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We'll jump into our second segment, which is going to be gaming. So, we'll catch you guys in a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. My melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer, Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. 
am the big voice on pro wrestling's right. I am the truth. I am the power. And the truth shall set you free. We take on the topics that nobody else dares to take on in the world of professional wrestling. Hitting them head on, full force, and not pulling any punches. So make sure you tune in every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain for the Pro Wrestling Rewind right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. got back from the commercials. I mean, it wasn't that long, so welcome back either way. I mean, so if you've ever listened to Open Book before, you know we do three segments pretty much. First segment's wrestling, fantasy wrestling, fantasy booking, E-Fed stuff, whatever we have set up for that week. Second segment's gaming, my favorite part of the whole show. Well, the whole show is my favorite part, so we won't discuss that at all. So let's jump into this. I'm going to let Ashley go first like usual. So you guys take a listen, and uh, I think there's a story in here that I'm going to have a little bit of a problem with. We'll find out. <laughs> but go ahead, Ashley. Get around to it, certainly. Uh, first, we'll start off with the fact that Gamescom in Germany in August has got some high-profile appearances and non-appearances. EA and Sony have confirmed this week that they will be there. Xbox, however, Microsoft have said... They're not going to be there, nor are they going to be at Tokyo Game Show. So two of the biggest ones outside of E3, they're not going to be there, which I don't know if that's a brilliant move, but I guess I can understand it for Tokyo because Microsoft and the Xbox isn't that big compared to Sony and everything, so that probably makes sense. We've also got a story regarding Watch Dogs. It's now got a kind of date of 2013 for release. The interesting point of note, though, is Shigeru Miyamoto, the guy who've done Mario and Zelda and Pikmin, he was impressed himself by the game. So even one of the greats of gaming thinks Watch Dogs looks awesome. That might say a lot, but 
yeah, 2013 date for PC, PS3, and 360. Speaking of that as well, New Dead Island, details came out this week. It's going to be called Dead Island Riptide. And interestingly, it's going to only cost $50. And this is to, quote, reflect the end of the console cycle. So clearly, the developers at Deep Silver think that we're coming to the end of the current gen and clearly within the next 12 months you're going to hear something from Sony and Microsoft about their next gen consoles. So that's an interesting little move there. Ubisoft, this is one that disturbed me, Ubisoft apparently wants to do games up to Assassin's Creed 10. As they say, you can't have too many sequels. Note, yes you can, to be quite honest. We've also got news that Metal Gear Online servers have shut down. Which was inevitable, because I think they were supposed to be shut down this week. But we'll see... I haven't heard a lot about it, so I don't know how many people play it, but we'll see what goes on with it and whether anybody's really unhappy. The new Need for Speed game, Need for Speed Most Wanted, I think, the reboot, apparently for the PC it's going to require 20 gigabytes of storage on your hard drive, which Sean is more of a PC gaming expert than me. Is that... A lock in gaming or not? 20 gigs? That's a good size. That's actually, um, well, let's cover this by uh, terabytes. Uh, 1,000 gigabytes is one terabyte. So, I mean, that's, it's, it's not covering a lot, but it is covering gaming wise. It's covering a very large amount. I mean, the biggest game to date is. Star Wars The Old Republic, which I think comes in around 12 gigs. Mm -hmm. WoW comes in. World of Warcraft comes in around 14 to 15 gigs now due to the fact of all of its patches, all of that stuff. So, I mean, it's a very large size. 20 gigs is a very, very large size for a file. I mean, I don't know of anything off the top of my head that takes up that much space on my computer now. Mm Mm-hmm. Some redundancy news, sad to see. Slant 6 Studios, the guys that did SOCOM and the recently released Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, they've had to let go of some people. Also, Silicon Knights, still suffering from, I guess, their court battle that they had with Epic, which they lost. Silicon Knights have basically cut down their stuff to the core group of about 40 people. And also in legal stuff, Kurt Schilling is being sued by one of the investors in 38 Studios for $2.4 million for a loan that basically hasn't been repaid. So he's in even more trouble, which is, I don't know if that's good or bad, but probably bad. Interesting report here from Peter Molyneux. He was apparently shocked about the fact that Microsoft didn't have much on PC gaming at their press conference at E3 and that they barely touched on it. 
Which is fair to say, but the majority of games that do come out for the PC, I don't think you'd want to see launched on something like that. It's just... I'm just not intrigued by it that much. One also that does intrigue me is the new 3DS handheld. Well, I say new 3DS because apparently Nintendo wants to do another handheld thing. The 3DS has only been out for about 18 months to two years now, and they already want to do a successor. That's nothing to do with 3DS, unless it is to do with it, and it will be something like the 3DS XL, like what they did with the DS, but I don't know. Not kind of don't have much of an interest in that. An offer which is on at GameStop, which Sean will probably be able to keep me a brief on to see whether I've got this right. Apparently, if you've got the reward scheme there and you buy a game or accessory there, you get entered into a draw. The winner of that draw will be taken to Ubisoft Montreal, have a look at the studio there, and also be digitally scanned in and feature as a character in the upcoming Splinter Cell Blacklight. Or Blacklist, sorry. So many, met, I think was it, is it is it the new Metro game? It's called Blacklight. I keep getting them confused. Can you stop having such similar names? Black Ops, Blacklight, God Almighty. I, I get easily confused. We've also got disturbing story. Expendables Two video game. That's all I'm saying. It's from Ubisoft. If it's anything like the Avengers one, it could be all right, but we'll see. This is one that also is a bit odd. We've got new DLC for Modern Warfare 3 Elite 360 players, which is coming out this Tuesday. I would tell you about it. I would tell you more about it, sorry, but the fact is I can't because they don't reveal the info until Monday. Which, full credit to them for top secret, but do we have to have it that secret? Could we have a little bit of advance notice? I don't know. Now, Gran Turismo could be coming to the Vita. Apparently, a interesting little poll was put up by Sony saying whether people would be interested, and if so, would there be an incentive in involved? What it is, hints on the survey, that if you bought Gran Turismo Vita, let's call it, you'd get a copy of Gran Turismo 5 for free if you were signed up to PlayStation Plus. Which is a sweet deal, but the fact is GT5 is probably only about $30 now, I think, because of the fact that it's probably gone platinum and it's in a special edition with DLC, so... Not sure. Old Republic could go free-to-play. Completely. We know it's already free-to-play to level 15, but... One of the developers said, if, demand it te- if market demand dictates it enough, they could, go com- they could follow the model of DC Universe Online and go completely free-to-play with obviously some incentive things where if you did want to pay, you can do stuff, which I think is an interesting deal. Also an interesting thing that came in the last couple of hours confirmed, we talked about it right at the end of the gaming last week of the E3 special, 
the Valve Payday tie-in. Well, it turns out it isn't a tie-in. It's the, basically the developers of Payday getting together with Valve to do a spiritual prequel to Left 4 Dead. It's going to be called Payday No Mercy. I guess it's going to be DLC. And what it is, is it's going to be set at the hospital from the Left 4 Dead No Mercy campaign, which is in Left 4 Dead folklore, the first place where the whole virus and the infected started spreading and started having quick zombies running around everywhere and a huge, weird, orangey mist over the whole area if we go by the first and the second game. So that intrigues me. The fact that they're letting an independent developer, nothing to do with Valve, with their cooperation, get involved and do some kind of unofficial canon to it. Two big stories I want to touch on are really to do with media and internet. The first one is Tomb Raider. Now, most of you would have probably seen the Tomb Raider gameplay that was in Xbox's press conference last week, or a couple of weeks ago. And it showed Lara in peril, as you'd expect, because it's Tomb Raider, and she was being threatened by a guy who was clearly trying to kill her, and she defended herself by kicking him in the balls, and got away somebody in the press turned this into a rape scene or attempted rape scene my problem is why it sean you saw it you didn't see any rape scene did you you saw a woman being threatened but yeah there was no off the top of my head i don't remember any kind of rape scene at all i mean it wasn't it's scintillationing, since, uh, or whatever the word is, by the media, by someone in the media, probably Jack Thompson. Who knows? What an idiot still out there, probably trying to cause problems. Um, sorry, did not mean to do that. I apologize. Jack Thompson, if you're listening, no, I don't like you. But anyway, I digress. Uh, there was no rape scene in that at all. Just somebody completely blowing something out of the water, out of proportion. It's... It's stupid. It's just I don't know what it is. It it wasn't American media, as far as I know. So oh well. Yeah, I believe it might have been some kind of the way it was interpreted on a Kotaku post because he was describing the scene and he might the guy that developed it might have just said it in such a way that it got construed the wrong way, possibly. But. Here's the thing that really grinds my gears, to quote Peter Griffin from Family Guy, because this one, I agree with the person. Remember back to last week with Ubisoft, you had Alicia Tyler from Archer and CSI and various other things that she's been involved with, hosting the Ubisoft press conference. And it seems that quite a lot of people on the internet didn't like her. A whole load of people, GameSpot, YouTube, where it was streamed live, were criticizing that she wasn't genuinely interested in games, and even also criticizing her color. 
This is the full statement that she posted on her website. I play. I've played since I was a little kid. Since I begged my dad to buy me a Nintendo LCD Donkey Kong Jr. Since I blew through three weeks allowance paying Defender at the laundromat. Since you were a twinge in the left side of your daddy's underoos. I've been a gamer since I made friends with a girl in the fifth grade just to get at her Atari. Since I missed the bus playing Gallagher after school. Since I missed the start of Return of the Jedi playing Tempest in the theatre lobby. You think you know, you don't know. I've been a gamer since before you could read. Since I aced midterms after staying up all night playing Evil Tetris. Since I became dorm champ at Leisure Suit Larry. Since I double wielded on Time Crisis 3 at Fuddruckers. I was a voice in not one but two major video game titles. I hosted the Reach Beta tutorial. I was a Gears of War superfan panelist at Comic-Con. I hosted the Ubisoft presser at E3 2012. I didn't do it for the money. For most, I got paid next to nothing, and for some, less than that. I did it because I love video games. Because I've dreamt since I was a kid of being in one of the games I love. How many games have you done voices for? How many cons have you repped at? Your buddy's Unreal Tournament Garage Deathmatch doesn't count. I go to E3 each year because I love video games. Because new titles still get me high. Because I still love getting swag. Love wearing my game pride on my sleeve. People ask me what console I play. Motherfucker, all of them. I get invited to E3 because real gamers know I'm a gamer. I don't do it for the money. I have plenty of money. I don't do it for the fame. Fuck fame. I do it because I love video games. I don't give out my gamer tag because I don't want a mess of noob jackholes lining up to assassinate me on Xbox Live. I don't give a shit what you think about my gamer score. I don't play to prove a point. I don't play to be the best. I play because I love it. I play. I've been playing my whole life. I'm not ashamed of it. I don't apologize for it. It's who I am, to the core. I'm a gamer. So to all the haters out there who claim I don't play, to the GAF dicks, because I don't know what that abbreviates to, GameSpot trolls, to every illiterate racist douchebag on YouTube, flame away, go nuts, post every jackass comment your heart desires. I'll still be playing when your mum's kicked you out of her basement and you have to sell your old-ass console and get a real job. For now... I can say to you respectfully, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, go fuck yourselves. I have something to say. I think I want to pull the soapbox out here and step above it and basically say she is completely in her right to say everything she just said. Because gamers, number one, are idiots. I, I will come out and say it. It's just one of those things where people don't think girls can game, and it's a stupid decision. And they just need to wake up, get outside of the box, and uh, it's 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 so infuriating to see this in this day and age. Got she did an amazing job. I enjoyed her completely. But it's just a stupid part on whoever posted that. Uh, keep going, Ashley. I'm sorry. No, that was the whole statement. I thought I'd do it in one go, so that was it. I was actually not published on her website, published on her Facebook account. But there was one story that I've just noticed that's cropped up. 
rumor is the next Zelda that comes out for the 3DS is either going to be a port of Majora's Mask or some kind of remake of Link to the Past, which, along with Ocarina of Time, are two of the widely acclaimed best Zelda games. So I don't know whether I don't know whether Sean you'd be interested in either of them if they came to the 3DS. Uh, the Legend of Zelda one, yes. The one that came out on Super Nintendo, I'd love to have one of those. Uh, the Majora's Mask, I'm kind of iffy on, but I'd rather stay with the uh, the Legend of Zelda one. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that'll be all from me. There, you know, there's a few other stories, but they're not of huge significance. They'll probably develop into bigger stories over the next few weeks and months. So, Sean, let's go ahead with yours. Okay, I got a few quick stories right quick. The first one is Bioshock is getting an Ultimate Rapture Edition. What this means is they're packing the first two Bioshocks and its DLC into one box. Basically, it allows you to have the ability to play the first game, the second game, and all DLC, the add-ons that came out with it. Uh, It's pretty cool. I know the UK had a Rapture Edition. It was pretty cool. Uh, pack it was more it was more a UK specific bundle, so it's very interesting. Activision skateboarding and music studio now working on a Call of Duty game. NeverSoft is basically getting involved in a Call of Duty game. What this means could mean a lot of things. Uh, definitely don't know just yet, so we'll have to see what NeverSoft can bring to the table. Minecon, actually. This is all about you right now. Minecon headed to Europe. Where in Europe? Uh, right now, in an undisclosed location. Secret military base. Uh, completely possible. It's very interesting. Well, I definitely am interested to see where exactly... In Europe is, and possibly if we can get you in as a media specialist to possibly give us a whole lowdown. Well, if it isn't in the UK, then I'm desperately going to need a passport quick. Well, we'll see what we can do. I mean, we'll have to. I mean, I'm sure we can get you in some fashion or not. So Minecon will be heading out of Vegas and into Europe. Mojang will be attending PAX Prime. I mean, we'll definitely have to see what's going to come of this. So something else, Microsoft and Sony are trying to lock down .xbox and .playstation, respectively. They're both trying to get in on the new abbreviations for uh, the web. Basically, instead of getting .com, .net, .org, .gov, all of that, you'll be able to... Companies, mega corporations will be allowed, basically able to get all these different things like .live, .bing, .skype, .windows for Microsoft, and .playstation, .sony, .xperia for Sony. Uh, the different thing about this is it costs 185000 just for the evaluation of the .dot things, the .dot codes. So we'll have to see what exactly uh, will happen if they'll actually get it. Microsoft put up 2.035 million for its 11 name bids, and Sony put up 555,000 
dollars up for its bids. So we'll have to see. Uh, THQ is being suspected of misleading investors about the U-Draw. I believe Ashley had a little bit to add on to this story. But a Georgia law firm is investigating THQ to determine if it misled investors about the stagnant demand for its U-Draw tablet before discontinuous production in February. Uh, I believe you did have something on this, actually. Yeah, word has it that THQ don't seem it as a complete failure and that it won't be like E.C. and buried in the sand and hidden in the Nevada desert or whatever. It'll be sold into retail, hopefully by the end of the year. So then it's just a retailer's point of trying to get rid of it for about 10 bucks or something around there. Which is completely possible. I know they were selling off DJ Hero and stuff like that for about five bucks for everything. So we'll have to see what comes of THQ in this whole thing. Uh, my last story, a very hilarious story, I, I might add. It's one of my favorite stories this week. Max Payne 3 cheaters get thrown into what's called the miscreant quarantine. Basically what this is, it's called the cheater's pool. If you are caught cheating of any kind, be it... Hack saves, modded games, leaderboard circumvention tactics, or any other exploits in Max Payne 3's multiplayer, you will be ceremoniously quarantined into the cheater's pool, where you will be basically thrown in jail, but with guns. Basically, everyone who cheated gets thrown into this, and is basically allowed to play the multiplayer just with the cheaters. But if, you've, if they feel that you've done well, and you have stopped cheating, they'll allow you back into the regular multiplayer. But if you continue to cheat after that, you'll be serving life in the cheater's pool. That's a pretty cool tactic from Rockstar itself. I am uh, very happy to see that. It's definitely throwing a little bit difference out there other than just banning people permanently. So, Ashley, you got anything else before we jump to our second break? Uh, let's see if there's any other stories which might be worth a mention. Oh, talking of what we just talked about with a U-Draw... Word came through this week that EA is not in breach of their false advertising for Mass Effect 3. So we can finally agree, don't be screwed at the ending. You should have seen it coming, kind of thing. Well, with that, we'll be back in a few minutes with our third segment, the entertainment segment. So enjoy, and we'll catch you in a minute. Man. Andy, what's going on? Why is it that wrestling fans can't seem to handle the truth? 
Maybe because the truth will set you free and they enjoy being shackled by the corporate headquarters of the WWE. This is the place where we command the truth. We tell it where to go. It is right here. The Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Listen to all the shows of the SNS Radio Network live on your iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android. Visit www.mobileradio.info. And check us out on the TuneIn Radio app. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent Scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Rima Fakis. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman. Please turn on your magic beam, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. And welcome back. I mean, you're back once again. So, we just did the gaming segment. We talked a little bit gaming news. One thing I did mean to throw in there, and I completely forgot, my mind's on multiple things, including FIFA and Euro Cup right now, Lollipop Chainsaw. Next week, I'll be giving a bit of a review on that. If you want to definitely 
definitely tune in next week if you want to hear about the game that got a got a well can't say cosplayer got a booth babe kicked out of PAX East. If you want to hear about that game, tune in next week and we'll definitely get we'll definitely let you hear. So now it's time for a little bit of entertainment news, movie news, TV news, whatever we can pretty much find. Ashley, what you got? Well, the first one will tie in kind of with the video games because there were some early talks going on between Paramount and Ubisoft for a Splinter Cell movie to be in the works, but it seems like those talks have pretty much stopped early on. I don't know which side isn't happy, but certainly there is an agreement going on. So this possibly is due to the fact that you've already seen G.I. Joe, which I think that got delayed, didn't it? That's a Paramount film, so it might be because Paramount just wants to focus on certain films right now. Other films regarding TV stuff, Mads Mikkelsen, who played Le Chief in Casino Royale, has been chosen to play Hannibal in the TV series for NBC, which certainly gives me promise because he's a good actor. I will give him that. There's a few other things that he's doing very soon which look very promising that he's won awards for. So that I might be hopeful to see via some kind of form when it comes later this year or early next year, depending when they schedule it. You know TV scheduling, it can go anywhere. And also, there could be a TV series based off screen. I don't know whether that will work, to be quite honest. Because it's already getting a bit tedious as a movie, to be quite, to me anyway. But we'll see. Now, onto superhero stuff, or comic book stuff, because nearly everything here is. The Russo brothers have been chosen to direct Captain America 2. If you don't know who they are, they apparently directed and involved in a few episodes of the Community series, Arrested Development, and their only real movie was the forgettable You, Me and Dupree. So, whether that's good or not, we'll see. The Justice League film has apparently got a new writer, Will Beale, who's did the script for the upcoming Gangster Squad, which looks to be something along the lines of an L.A. Confidential-style film set in the 40s and 50s about gangsters. He's been chosen to write it. Apparently, this gangster squad is so good, they've actually chosen the writer as well to do the reboot of Logan's Run, which is being done at the minute, and also the reboot of Lethal Weapon. I don't know why we need a reboot of Lethal Weapon, because we could even, we could have a Lethal Weapon 5 with Mel Gibson easily, probably. You know, it might be getting two points close to a time when they'll be saying we really are too old for this shit. I don't know. Michael Bay said that Transformers 4 will be his last robot film. What makes me think he's lying? Also, Fendral has got a cast change for 4-2. Zachary Levi will be getting the role instead. You'll know him from being Chuck in Chuck. And I don't know what else he's been in. 
Sean, has, has he been in anything of any significance that I should know? Off the top of my head, no. Okay. And also, the Iron Man 3 official pit got released over the last couple of weeks, which seems to be showing all the evolutions of his suit in a kind of, I guess, display kind of cabinet. And also some clarification, the pick that we said a few weeks ago that was Iron Patriot is apparently now a souped-up, upgraded version of War Machine. But then By the again, way, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, Ashley. Yeah. By the way, I do want to say this. I just found out today from an inside source that Iron Man 3 is still filming in Wilmington, North Carolina, and will be still fil- continuing film continuing the filming in Wilmington until October of this month, of this year. So if you live anywhere in North Carolina and you want to see something going on, jump up here before we get some hurricanes because I'm pretty sure once hurricanes once the hurricanes start coming up the coast, they're going to stop some stop the filming. Mm. One that worries me though, which isn't to do with comic books, but it's clearly going to be a big movie. Hasbro is bringing another franchise, apparently, to the big screen. Yes, we've had Transformers. Yes, we've had Battleship, which wasn't brilliant. Now, Hasbro are teaming up with Sony to bring you an animated movie based on Tonka trucks. And the even worse thing is, it's from the writer of Grown Ups. We are all going to die. But let's lighten the mood. Robocop. A whole load of stuff has come up over the past couple of weeks regards the reboot. The one most notably, Samuel L. Jackson is going to be appearing as a TV mogul. And also Hugh Laurie. (coughs) Sorry. Hugh Laurie will be coming in as, by the looks of it, the villain of the piece as well as rumours that Abby Cornish will be cast as Robocop's wife. So by the looks of it, a whole load of Robocop gossip coming up, which probably means it's filming soon, and I believe it's a release of sometime in the summer 2013. Which I'm kind of looking forward to, considering that the way the latter Robocops went, it really went off from the original. And... I kind of don't mind reboots because as long as they're done properly and they're good, they're all right. If they're not, then they're going to suck. Speaking of one that could suck, apparently there's going to be a reboot of Police Academy. From the writer of the breakup film with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. The positive thing is, Guy... The, po- the positive thing is the guy that does all the voices, is it Winslow? I can't remember his name. Sean? Michael Winslow. Yeah, Michael Winslow. He, would be, he will be in it. He has signed up for it. Yes. The thing is, he's actually doing a tour of the UK at the minute, basically doing his impressions of anything and anyone, which I so actually, want to go to. interview. That would be so cool if I managed to if I managed to get there because I don't know whether he's finished and whether it's just in London. So 
we'll see what's going on anyway. I'm certainly I'm going to have to track him down. Not in a kind of manhunt, a bounty hunter style thing. Just try and see the show because it will be good. The Catching Fire film, the second in the Hunger Games trilogy. Rumour has it the character of Plutarch Heavensby could be played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, who you'll probably know from Mission Impossible 3 and various other films which are... Well, he got the Oscar for playing Truman Capote in Capote. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Big name actor for the series considering how the first film really had unknown kids and a big, well-known supporting cast with Woody Harrelson and all that. One which is a game related to a video or a movie that's coming out, Wreck-It Ralph has got a web game on the, in- on the official Disney site called Fix-It Felix Jr., which I absolutely love because it's like a good, it's like an 80s old style video game. What it is, Ralph is trying to wreck everything and you've got to repair all the windows and you've got to dodge stuff. So it's, it's kind of similar to a kind of a rampage style game from the 80s, but it's, it's like a coin op thing. And I played it for the first time thinking, what is it? And, after about half an hour, I was like, I've played this game for too long. So, obviously, it's, it's a fun thing for you to do on the computer for half an hour if you're bored. Or you just want to waste time or whatever. Two stories which are intriguing to close on. Rob Cohen, who did the third Mummy film, apparently wants to make an Isaac Newton movie. Rumour has it this could be in the same vein as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. In the sense that it isn't actually about Newton. It's Newton just doing some weird action thing. I'm not so sure. Something I'm less sure about of. Warner Brothers apparently wants to do a movie based on the Guinness Book of World Records. No joke. I don't know how you can do that, but apparently they want to. And on that rather disturbing note, hopefully there's some nicer stories from Sean. <laughs> I don't know, so we'll have to see. I've got one story that I'm definitely going to leave at the end, but the first one that I definitely do want to start on is one I did not tell Ashley about, but I will tell him now. Transformers 3 Starlet joins the Mad Max 4 cast. Rose, Rosie Huntington White, Whiteley has basically been cast in the upcoming Mad Max 4 Fury Road. She hmm. will be the she will be the character of the wife. That's it. That's all they put. Uh, apparently there are five women who are five wives. Yes, Mad Max 4 will star Tom Hardy and Charlize, Charlize Theron. So I mean Two good, two good actors so far. I mean, you've got. I think Tom Hardy is the villain of Batman, isn't he? Yeah, he's Bane. That's what I thought. So you definitely got a better, uh, better actor. So I mean, we'll have to see. But I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing uh, 
Rosie hunting in lightly. I mean, yes, yes, I want to see more of her. So this is an interesting story, and uh, you have to bear with me for a second because it's a little bit of a long article, but a Spider-Man Avengers crossover almost happened. So how did this happen? Well, pretty much this way. Latino Review spoke to Spidey producers A.V. Arad and Matthew Tolmack at the junket for the film last week. And they explained that at one point, Oscorp Tower from Sony's Amazing Spider-Man was apparently this close to appearing in the skyline in Marvel's The Avengers. Of course, this is a big deal because Spidey's movie rights belong to Sony, while The Avengers belongs to Marvel. And the X-Men and Fantastic Four are over at Fox, complicating things even further. And even the twain shall meet. And never the twain shall meet. It's horrible writing, excuse me for that one. Uh, we don't live in Shakespearean time. But something like a couple of buildings in the skyline falls more into, into the terrain of an Easter egg for the fans than anything else. So why didn't it happen? By the time the Oscorp building was fully designed, the Avengers Digital Manhattan was already basically re-rendered, and there was some up-conversion that needed to go down. So for timing's sake, it was scrapped. And yet, as Latino Review points out, it almost happened. Who knows, by the time your kids are grown, you'll actually see the Baxter building in the background of Avengers 12. Wait, what? Oh, well. That's IGN for you. <laughs> Putting little jokes in there. Trying to figure out which story I want to go to next, because there's two stories that are pretty big stories. I guess I'll go to this one that has a young George Lucas sitting behind the camera. Um, this is something we can all definitely sit there and wonder about. It's time to say goodbye to 35mm film prints. You're, you're asking yourself, why are we saying goodbye to 35 Because 35s? Because basically, they were the beginning of the film market. The time has come to for theaters to go full-on digital. The studio's use of conventional 35mm prints is projected to cease in the United States and other major markets by the end of next year, with global cutoff likely to happen by the end of 2015 according to the latest IHS Screen Digest Cinema Intelligence Service report. The, film note, the firm notes that 51.5% of worldwide screens are now using digital projectors, 82% increase from last year's numbers. Filmmaker Peter Jackson is currently lobbying to have theater owners upgrade their software to screen his upcoming 3D epic, The Hobbit, which will need to play at 48 frames per second twice the speed of a conventional film. Likewise, James Cameron's Avatar 2 will be shot at 60 frames per second. Wow. By the end of 2011, an estimated 50,000 of the world's 63,825 digital screens will be capable of being upgraded. The same IHS report also notes that the shift from film to digital mostly stems from a substantial price hike in silver a key element in producing film. Just this year, silver prices soared from $5 an ounce to $25. Therefore, it's only a matter of time before we say goodbye to 35mm for good. So a very sad story to see the basically the creation of film go the way of the dodo. So if you got yourself a film reel that's got something major on it, keep your hands on it because pretty soon it's going to be very valuable. And my last story for right now, I guess, 
is something that probably Mindwipe and Walkie are definitely thinking and praying and hoping that it's true. But Ninja Turtles has been shut down. Wait, there's more. Sorry, did you read the tagline at the top? There's more. Paramount has shut down pre-production on their Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot, while also pushing the release date from December 2013 to May 2014. The Hollywood Reporter sources say the film has script problems. The project, which is simply called Ninja Turtles, has caused much ire among fanboys, i.e. Walkie and Mindwipe, for changing the nature of said turtles and making them aliens, is being produced by Michael Bay and his Platinum Dunes outfit. Jonathan Liebesman, who you may well know for Wrath of the Titans, a very good film, I might add, is directing a script by Kevin Eastman and Andre Nemec. The studio is temporarily laying off pre-production staff and informing those prepping the film that the work stoppage is indefinite, say sources who were expecting a 10-week delay. This comes on the announcements of this comes this announcement comes on the heels of two other Paramount delays, G.I. Joe Retribution and Brad Pitt's World War Z. So two massive de- actually a couple massive delays already this year. I mean, I I know Walkie and Mindwipe. I know they I keep mentioning them, but I know they're crying right now because this has been delayed while also jumping for joy at the same time. Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty major thing. Uh, a lot of people are saying they wish that it just doesn't happen. I'm looking forward to it. I want to see how this is actually going to be done. I'm all about something new coming out, and this is definitely new no matter what. Um, I mean, we've had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for a very long time. Having just Ninja Turtles and having them as aliens is definitely something different that a lot of people are saying is more probable than just Mutant Slime. So... We'll have to see what comes of this story and what happens later on, but hopefully the studio is not shutting down production on this period. We'll we'll definitely have to keep this one in the back burner. But uh, I think that's all for my news stories off the top of my head. I'll have to take a look at a few things. Uh, you got anything left you want to talk about, Ashley? Um, not really. I was actually just having a look for at some of the other films that are coming out over the next few weeks in the UK and then getting annoyed at seeing how they're coming out in America sometimes four months before they come out here. Stop whining. You got several movies before (laughs) we did, so you just need to keep your mouth shut. You get Madagascar and... Well, you get Madagascar four months before us. You get Brave, which I'm really looking forward to, the new Pixar one, about two or three months before us. Okay, you want to get into this? How many how many weeks before us did you get Avengers? Excuse me, how many months before us did you get Avengers? About a month and a half? A week. I believe it was more, wasn't it? No, it was a week. What was it you got like a month and a half before us? Battleship. Oh, okay. Yeah, we get <laughs> oh, punished. Well. It wasn't that bad of a movie, so stop whining. <laughs> uh, there is... New photos that have been released from the movie The Host. Uh, Will Smith says he's not really into the I Am Legend 2. Apparently, he also addresses why he left the Django Unchained. Go check it all out at IGN.com. Uh, it's some very interesting stories. By the way, Ashley, i got to ask you right now. Have you, have you ever picked up the magazine Empire? Yes. 
Uh, in the current issue that is out, mm-hmm. is there an article that has the iconic top twenty, the top twenty iconic films of all time, or is that a a past one? That might be a past one. Certainly, the new one is very Batman: Dark Knight Rises heavy. Okay, because the reason why I'm asking is because I want to find that Empire issue due to the fact that it has some of the most iconic poses by some of the most iconic actors. Why I bring this up is because in the in the magazine it has Arnold Schwarzenegger with the sunglasses on, the leather jacket, standing in front of a motorcycle, basically now. It also has Sam Neill, who played Alan Grant in Jurassic Park, holding a flare-up. In the background, there's a dinosaur. I mean, some really amazing poses. I've got to find this this magazine. And unfortunately for International, it is $147 to subscribe. Ow! Yes. So, somewhat I wish I lived in the UK, but some, sometimes I don't. Actually, so. thinking, thinking about that, I think that was in the 20th anniversary one, which was about a year ago. Well, that just screws me over even more then. But I certainly bought that one, but the question is, where is it? If yeah. you find if, it... We if I manage to, to find it, I will, but I, if I give you, after the show is over, I think I might have a web link, quite a few of these. Oh, no, it's just tasters. God damn it. But there's a, there's a shot. There's a shot that... I apologize. The shot that... I'm looking at is of Mel Gibson with brass, brass, Braveheart style face mm-hmm. paint on. Mm-hmm. That's one of the pictures. I mean, it looks like an, a very amazing. I wanted it just for those pictures alone. I could care less what's in the magazine, but it's those pictures alone that I wanted a hard copy of the magazine. So I'll have to find one from somewhere. Be it, I'll have to find the the magazine itself so i may have to go to my local pawn shop and see if they have one because i know that they take magazines sometimes in so empire is one of those that they get in every now and then so -hmm. we'll have to take a look um once again is there anything that comes off your top of your head that's uh oh there is one thing there is one thing resident evil Let's have a conversation about this right now. I don't know if I should do the voice. Resident Evil. I guess you just made your own decision about that one. Yeah. Well, I just thought it might work. Probably didn't. Apologize if it didn't. Don't think anymore. Resident Evil Revelations is the next movie in the Resident Evil series. Retribution, excuse me. Resident Evil Retribution. I don't know where I got Revelations from. Somewhere else, possibly. The reason why I'm bringing this up is the trailer was released yesterday, I believe, and I got the chance to watch it last night, and it was amazing. One of the best, it looks like one of the best films that's coming out in the Resident Evil series. Now, I do want to talk about this. I want to try and get uh, the list up right quick. If you Just give me one second. What do you, what did you have you seen the trailer yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it actually. 
because they are really one of the best video game franchises. Not just video game, but I'm saying in terms of movies. Other than probably Silent Hill, I think that's the only other one of really any significance. Because they've done it right with Resident Evil. It's not like it's sequels every year. They try and do it every two or three years. And they seem to be partially staying relevant to the actual game story, but also giving their own artistic interpretation. So certainly the new Silent Hill that's coming up later this year, I'm not as big about because it seems to be kind of not related to it as much. But the Resident Evil, the fact that, you know, the fact in the last one you had Albert Wesker, which is one of the characters that quite a lot of people have been asking for, I am looking forward to it. The trailer looked very impressive, actually, compared to what I saw with Battleship and got kind of... You know, I, I got a bit too big for that, really. It wasn't as good as I first thought, because then Avengers came out. Okay. So, now that he's done, I got a quick list of the cast that is possibly being in this film. So, avert your eyes to whatever you want to avert them to, but let's pull your ears down to me. The cast, as of right now, is, of course, Mila jo- Jovovich as Alice. Sienna Gilroy as Jill Valentine, Michelle Rodriguez, yes, she is back, and I am very happy to hear this, as Rain Acampo, Johan Erb as Leon S. Kennedy, Kevin Durand as Barry Burton. One of the biggest ones that I saw in this trailer was this part. Lee Bingbing as Ada freaking Wong. Yes, I am very happy to see this. A quick side note to this. During the filming of the movie, she wore a $7,500 wig. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of money to put on somebody's head. You have Oded Fair as Carlos Oliveira. Boris Kajo as Luther West. Colin Salmon as James One Shade. Ariana Engineer as Becky, and Sean Roberts as the villain himself, Albert Wesker. Now, just looking through this, there are some taglines that are added to some of these characters. And one of the bigger things I'm seeing is good rain, bad rain, which is kind of sounding like there's clones in this film. So... I'm kind of wondering what actually happens in this film. I mean, I definitely saw in the film, in the trailer of the of the device they put on the chest to control people, which was talked about, I believe, in the last film. Or which was shown in the last film. So, this is definitely looking like a very good movie. I mean, I'm looking very forward to it. I, uh... I don't really know what to say. I kind of wish our boy Bronx had been... uh, I kind of got in contact with him because June 14th, just a couple days ago, there was a live QA with Mila Jovovich in New York City. 
and they showed the trailer, the teaser trailer that I saw last night at the same time. So one of those things I, I wish I had gotten gotten in contact with Brass Eye about. I would uh, not Brass Eye, but uh, Bronx. Excuse me, Brass Eye. I would have loved to have gotten him up there to seen that in person. Got a few audio clips if he had co- if he could have. I mean, it would have been pretty awesome. But I believe that is all for the show. Uh, do you have anything else, right quick, before we do kill it off? Um, not really. I think we've covered everything we want to for this week's show and onward and upward to next week. But I think first we better mention Four Down. Yes, got to mention Four Down, of course, fourdown.org, where you can put all your picks in for the SNS Radio Network. Get them in for, if you're listening to us before any pay-per-view, get them in before the pay-per-view. If not, oh well, sorry, you missed out. Also, don't forget about all the shows on the SNS Radio Network. you got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Center Savings Time, whatever you want to call it. you got Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Unplugged is still on a hiatus from its Friday spot, so we'll have to see what uh, what happens there. You've got all of the podcasts. What are all the podcasts on the network, Ashley? Uh, we've got us, The Open Book. We've got the Elite Force podcast with Chuck W. with The Midweek and Walkie and Mind White with The Weekend. Beyond the Bell with Sean Beckerman. Running the Ropes with Crelly. Great little interview with Nash they've just had. And also, title to be decided with me and Randy. Well, hey, there, there's your title right there. Title to be decided. <laughs> I think that might be the title for the uh, episode coming up, certainly. So, that's pretty much it from us, guys. And I decided tonight's Song of the Night will be dedicated to Ashley. Because his birthday was a few weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to basically pat him on the back then so tonight i pat him on the back with a little death clock so take a listen this one's called birthday death day enjoy and we'll catch you guys next week for my big announcement about the fate and future of the open book have a good one guys